Welcome to Victory with Paul Doherty, pastor of Victory in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services, Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Pastor Paul has a great message for you today, and I believe this message is going to make an impact in your life. Tell somebody, this is a God dream. Come on, this is a God dream. We are starting a new series here this week, and I am fired up about this series. I am fired up. The series is, this is a God dream. If you have a Bible, go to Proverbs 29, 18. Yes! We get excited about the Word of God in this place. Proverbs 29, 18. In this time in history, the guy who wrote this book was the wisest, wealthiest man in the world. It was King Solomon. And he penned these words, when, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. One version says, without a vision, people perish. But whoever obeys the Lord is joyful. One version says, those who don't have a dream from God live without a target for their life. Those who don't have a dream from God live aimlessly. But those who have divine direction, in other words, those who have a God dream can live a joyful life. Maybe you're here today and you say, well, Paul, I don't have a God dream. I want a God dream. But what is a God dream? A God dream is a dream from God that brings glory to God that cannot happen unless God is involved in it. And all of us in this room, God wants to give us a God-sized dream, a dream that can only come to pass when God is helping us do it. If you could do it on your own, it's not a God dream. It's a you, it's a you dream. It's a me dream. But when it's a God dream, it means it needs God's help. I remember sitting at Oral Roberts University and being in class. By the way, do we have any ORU students, alumni in the house? Come on. And I remember starting my freshman year there and the teacher asked this question. She said, what is your dream? What is your dream? What are you gonna major in here? But what's your dream? And so people were talking about their majors and I was overwhelmed, confused, worried. I didn't know what my major was every week, every day. I was trying to figure out switching majors, switching minors, trying to figure out what I was gonna focus on, what I was gonna do with my life. And people kept asking the question, what is your major? What are you gonna do with your life? And I was overwhelmed, but I, I remember sitting in this class and each student began to share their dream. One girl said, I'm gonna build 50 orphanages. I was like, that's amazing. And then another guy said, I'm gonna open a Christian counseling service here in Tulsa and I'm gonna help people in crisis and married couples and I'm gonna offer Christian counseling and advice how to cope through crisis. And then another person shared how they're gonna make movies and another person talked about being a pastor of a big church and another person shared, I'm gonna be a youth evangelist. And, and, and so they got through everyone and they got to me and, and the teacher said, what about you, Paul, Mr. Doherty, what's your dream? And I literally just repeated everyone else's dreams. But, how many of y'all know it's important to have a dream, a purpose for your life? To know why you're here and what you're supposed to do. Some of us in this room, we might be thinking, Paul, I don't have the time to dream. I can't afford to dream. I'll never forget being with this taxi cab driver before Uber came around, and I was ministering in another city, and I, I was sitting in the back of this taxi cab, and he didn't have any music on, so I started talking to him about his life, and it was a long drive, it was about 30, 40 minutes. And I started asking him, what do you do? Where are you from? And he was sharing his story. He came from another country and here he was in the United States. And, 
and he was doing his best to provide for his family, but he sounded so depressed, so discouraged. And I said, sir, what's, what's your dream? He said, dream? My dream? What's my dream? I was like, yeah, what's your dream? He said, dreaming is for rich people. Dreaming is for people born in the right family. Dreaming is for people who were born in the right circumstances. Dreaming is for the affluent people. He said, I can't afford to dream. I don't have time to dream. Dreaming isn't for me. And when he said that, it felt like someone punched me in the stomach. I felt like the biggest jerk for asking him what your dream is. But then I felt in my heart, I felt like God was saying to encourage this man that God has a dream for him. And all of a sudden, words started coming to my mind and my heart from stories that I've read in this book about the kind of men and women that God used. I said, let me tell you who God gave dreams to, because it might shock you. The dreamers that God used in the Bible were born in a manger. Some of them born the least likely in their family to succeed, born in very poor families. Some of them were placed in a basket and put on the Nile River, could have been killed. Some of the dreamers that God used were crazy men like Noah, who God said, I want you to build an ark when there's no rain going on. Some of the dreamers God used were, were people like Esther, people like Joshua, a second guy in the ministry, not the one who started the ministry, but the guy who had to transition it. After Moses, God used people like Gideon, and God used people like David, shepherd boys, the youngest in the family. God used people like Micah, and Ezekiel, and Daniel, and Shadrach, and Meshach, and Abednego, and Peter, and a bunch of ordinary guys to do extraordinary things. I said, God has a dream for you, sir. He has a dream for everybody. Dreaming's not just for rich people. Dreaming's not just for affluent people. Dreaming's not just for people born in functional families. Dreaming is for people like Isaac and Jacob who grew up in messed up dysfunctional families. People like Joseph who were betrayed by his brothers and lived in a prison and accused of crazy stuff. Dreaming is for everyone. Dreaming is for you. God has a dream for your life. He says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the dream I have for you. My dream is not of evil for your life, but it's of good. It's to give you hope and a future. God didn't place us on this earth on accident for an accident. He placed us on this earth on purpose for a purpose. There was a girl who grew up in the late 1800s and her parents were born during a time where slavery was happening in the United States of America. And she was the youngest of 17 children. And she went to school and against all odds, she succeeded and went to college and succeeded. And a dream stirred in her heart to be a teacher. She told her parents, her siblings, I wanna be a teacher. But when she applied at several schools, they denied her because of her skin color, because of her race. And she refused to be discouraged or deterred by people's rejection. Instead, she held on to that dream in her heart, and Mary started her own school right in her house. She used cardboard boxes as desks for students to come in and, and write on. She would go out in the fields and pick red berries and drain the juice from the red berries to use as ink for their pens. Later on, someone came to her and said, we have a school too called Cookman College. We'd like for you, Mary Bethune, to come and join schools together. Together they started Bethune-Cookman College. Mary Bethune went on to become the first African-American to serve on the Presidential Cabinet Council for Franklin D. Roosevelt in 1932. And she stood in front of a group of people like I'm standing in front of you today and she said, 
dreaming is for you. Don't ever despise who you are or the dream that's in your heart. God has a dream for your life. Don't let what people say or what people do or how they treat you determine whether you're gonna fulfill your dream. God's looking for people who can press against all odds and say, there's a dream in my heart and I'm not gonna waste my life on this earth. If it's a dream from God, it will bring glory to God. I was talking to that man in the taxi cab. I said, what's your passion? What, what, what frustrates you? What do you love to do? He said, what does that have to do with a God dream? I said, a God dream is working with your desires. God loves to work with what frustrates you, what wakes you up, what makes your heart sing. What do you enjoy doing? He said, I guess what frustrates me is where I'm from, there's a lot of dads that leave their children. He said, the neighborhood I grew up in, a lot of husbands left their wives and had multiple mistresses. And he said, I guess I just wanna be a good husband. I guess I just wanna be a good daddy. I said, that's a God dream. He said, how is it a God dream? I said, can you do it on your own or do you need God's help? He said, I, I need God's help. I said, that's a God dream. I said, can it bring God glory? He said, yeah, it can. I said, that's a God dream. I think some of us in this room, we're despising our dreams because it's not as big as what someone else is doing. Like me sitting in that classroom, listening to the girl who's gonna do all these orphanages and thinking her dream is more important than mine. Her, her dream, her calling, her gifts, his calling to do that, it's bigger than mine. And I wanna tell you today that your dream is just as big as my dream in God's eyes. That the callings and the giftings in your life are just as important as the preacher on the stage. We're in a, a society that idolizes the guys on the stage. And it's time for us to turn the spotlight off the stage and back on where it's supposed to be. It's the church that builds the kingdom of God. It's businessmen, businesswomen, teachers, coaches, doctors, dentists, moms, dads, preschool workers. Whatever you do, do it unto the glory of God. Paul said in Colossians 3, 17, whatever you do, everybody say whatever. whatever. Growing up in high school, we used to say whatever. When people would tell us stuff, whatever, everybody say whatever. whatever. Do high schoolers still say that? We used to throw up the W, whatever. Is this a gang sign? No, okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm really out of touch with, with high school this, these days. I just, I, I go back to what I grew up with and I was probably out of touch when I was in high school too. <laughs> People were like, Paul's in a bubble. <laughs> Everybody say, whatever. Paul, the apostle, not Paul Doherty, said, whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do. If you want to know what God's dream is for your life, whatever you do, whether you're going to college, whether you own a company, whether you're a dentist or a doctor or a nurse or a teacher or a plumber or a technician or a computer engineer, you're making apps, you're working at a company, you're working somewhere, whatever you do as a mom, as a dad, as a cook, as a coffee barista, whatever you do, everybody say whatever you do. In word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. By doing this, you are living a God dream. You are living a God dream. I used to think that what I did determined whether or not I was fulfilling God's dream for my life. But I'm convinced that how I live is what determines whether I'm living God's dream for my life. Because what if I'm a preacher, but I'm living a double life? What if I'm not the same guy off the stage and I'm just putting on a show? That's not living a God dream. 
But what if I'm a businessman and I'm the same guy at the company that I am at my house and I'm doing my best to live honest and I'm using my gifts and my talents to advance the kingdom of God. And when there's a chance to give to those that are in need and help the poor, I'm doing what I can. See, one day we'll get to heaven and I think we'll be surprised when God says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I think we'll be surprised on who's in the front of the line and who's at the back of the line. I think some of you will be in front of me when you get into heaven. You'll be walking in that line and God will say, come on up here. Well done, mother of those three sons. Even though at times you felt discouraged because other girls were on missions trips and starting orphanages in Cambodia, you were living the God dream. You were doing what I asked you to do. You were giving it all you got to raise those three sons. And those three sons went on to do great things for God because you gave it all you got. You raised them in church. You taught them how to love God, how to love people, how to be honest, how to do the right thing when, when no one's watching. See, I think God's more concerned with how you're living than what you're doing. I think he's more concerned with who you're becoming than how fast you get that dream accomplished in your heart. Because the dream that God has for your life is not a destination, it's an exploration. It's a continual journey. As long as there's breath in your lungs, God wants you to continue to become more like him and use your gifts, use your talents, use your frustrations, use your passions, use what's inside your heart to bring him glory. This is a God dream. Daniel chapter, let me get that scripture, Daniel Chapter 11, verse 32, Daniel in the Bible was a dreamer. He was a prophet. God used a lot of dreamers to talk about what was going to come and how it was going to happen. And he used people like Micah and Habakkuk and Nahum and, and Ezekiel and Isaiah. And Daniel was one of those dreamers. God loves dreamers, by the way. God loves people who live with a dream in their heart and move towards it. Daniel said these words, and I love what he said. He said, but the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Now, when I teach scriptures to my kids, I got a three-and-a-half-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old, two my wife and I, we get very uh, uh, animated with them. So we do like hand motions. Can I teach you some hand motions with the scripture today? All right, just play along with me. Just pretend like you're, you're part of Children's Church together. Everybody say, no God. Be strong. Be strong, do exploits. Come on, we're like karate kid, do exploits. Say, no God, be strong, do exploits. I'm telling you this right now. The level that you pursue your dream and fulfill the dream that God's put in your heart will be determined by how much you know your God. Because when you know God, you know God's heart, you know God's will, you know God's word, you know that the dreams that are in your heart can bring God glory. When you know God, you can be strong. Everybody say, know God, be strong. Notice that be comes before do. Before he talks about what you're gonna do, he talks about who you're going to be because being always precedes doing. Identity precedes activity. We're in a culture right now that, that attaches what we do and determines who we are by what we do. That if you make this much money, you are valuable. If you wear these kind of clothes, you are important. If you drive this kind of car, you are special. You must be successful because you make this much money because you've done all these things. But God says it's the other way around. That your identity is what produces your activity. And that if you'll get the right identity, then no matter what you're doing, it can bring glory to God. The world defines what we do as if that's who we are. 
But God says, who you are is my child. Know God, be strong, do exploits. Everybody say, know God, be strong, do exploits. There's a story about a guy who was homeless. He was living in his car and he knew God and he was trying everything he could to use the gifts and the dreams and his talents to bring God glory. But he went through a very crushing time and I'll tell you this, if there's a God dream in your heart, you're gonna have to walk through some crushing seasons where you come to the realization that you can't do it on your own. And Tyler found himself in church often crying out to God, saying, God, I have a dream. I feel like I'm called to make movies. I feel like I'm called to write scripts and plays and, and do big things and use the creative, unique drives and, and what I'm bent towards to bring you glory, but nobody knows me. I don't have any money. I don't have any connections. But the more that Tyler got to know God, the more he realized who he was in Christ. And the day came where Tyler Perry released his first play. And his play got noticed by a few other people. And they said, you should write another play. And as he began to write more plays, Tyler Perry went on to become one of the most successful producers in Hollywood today. One of the wealthiest guys in Hollywood today, making tons of movies, producing tons and tons of stuff. But it all goes back to knowing your God. If you will know God, you can be strong and do great exploits. What's the dream in your heart? What frustrates you? What wakes you up? What makes you sing? What makes you come alive? I want you to think about these things over the next few weeks in this series. I want you to discover the God dream in your heart. And I want you to start moving towards it with all you've got to use that extra time in your week to start moving towards the dream that God's stirring in your heart. I wonder what's holding you back from discovering what that dream is or maybe even fulfilling the dream you already know inside your heart you're supposed to fulfill. For some of us in this room, we've gotten distracted. I used to hear growing up sermons about dream thieves, these thieves that would break in and steal your dream and you have to go find them and steal it back from them. But as I got older, I realized there's really not a dream thief as much as it is just a dream distraction. Because the dream doesn't get stolen. It's still right where you left it. You just walked away from it. You stopped looking at it. You stopped thinking about it. You stopped valuing your dream because you got distracted. And I think some of us in this room are distracted by different things. But I think the first one is we're distracted by comparison. We're looking at what other people are doing we're looking at their dreams. We're watching other people who've got blogs and they're, they're, they're so successful and they got all these followers on Instagram or the spotlight's on them and they're, they're doing great things or it seems like everything in their life is perfect and easy and it's fun and they never have a bad day. And so we get distracted by comparison. And instead of focusing on our dream, we're focusing on other people's dreams and we're envious and we're jealous and we're depressed because we can't focus on what God's asked us to do. My wife shared this scripture not too long ago at our church, and it was Proverbs 4:27. When she shared it, I thought, wow, what a powerful reminder to make sure that we don't get distracted by comparison. It says, keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all sideshow distractions. Watch your step, my friends, and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Look neither right nor left. Leave evil in the dust. Don't get distracted by side show distractions. Don't get pulled away 
It's okay to celebrate what other people are doing, but don't get in a stare where you just start envying and wishing you were them and wishing you had what they had. Secondly, I think many of us are distracted by fear. What's holding us back from pursuing that God dream in our heart is we're afraid. What if I step out and do this thing and I fail miserably? What if I step out and people don't like me? What if they reject me? And you know, I think about Peter on the boat with all the disciples when Jesus was walking on the water and Peter said, if it's you, bid me come. And Jesus said, Peter, step out of the boat. Now all the other guys, they were in the boat, they were watching and Peter stepped out of the boat. And as long as his eyes were on Jesus, he was walking on that water. But all of a sudden, he got distracted, the wind and the waves, oh my goodness, I'm walking on water. I'm not supposed to be doing this. This is not right. I'm, I wasn't born in the right family to be doing this. I'm inadequate, I'm unworthy, I don't have all the skills to do this. I'm not Jesus, I can't do this. And all of a sudden, he started to sink out of fear. But I would rather be the guy that got out of the boat than the guy that stayed in the boat, watching the guy that got out of the boat. I'd rather step into the ocean of risk than live captive in the prison of fear. I'd rather step out into the ocean of risk. Paul, what if you fail? At least I tried. At least I gave it all I got. At least I walked up on the stage. I knew I wasn't as good as the others, but at least I stepped out. I knew God was calling me. I look at so many people, so many of you, you've stepped out, you've done something risky. And I'm telling you, there's a reward for the risk takers. My grandma was one of them. A few weeks ago, I said, Granger, and I dare you to come on TV with me on Channel 8 and talk about Victory Conference. She said, Paul, I've never been on TV before. I said, Grand Grand, I'm telling you, take the risk. She said, your dad used to stretch me, but you really stretch me. <laughs> Grand Grand stepped into the ocean of risk. She did phenomenal on TV. She did so good that the people at Channel 8 said, next time, just send her. You don't have to come. She's a natural at this. There was a guy named Andy Andrews. You may not know his name, but he's written three New York Times bestseller books. One of them was called The Traveler's Gift. Andy Andrews was a homeless man, teenager, druggie, washed up, lived on the beach in Florida, lived underneath a, a, uh, one of those coverings on the beach that he would sleep under night after night, didn't have a house, didn't have a car, didn't own a thing. The only thing he owned was a dream even through all of his mess and his dysfunctional behavior and all the stuff he was caught up in, he knew, I feel like I'm born for a purpose, but I just, I've messed up, I've screwed up all my life and no one's gonna listen to what I have to say. One day an older man came and shared some of the thing, same things I'm sharing with you. He said, son, God has a plan for your life. Dreams aren't just for the rich people or the functional people or the perfect people, dreams are for you. God can use you no matter what you've walked through, no matter how bad you've messed up, God's not finished with you yet. Andy started going to church, started following that dream in his heart to write. He went on to write several books. And now millions of people read Andy Andrews' books all over the world. Wrote one book called The Butterfly Effect. It's probably one of the most powerful small little books I read. The power of one step. See, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one first step. 
You just got to start stepping towards that dream, whatever it is. I think the, the last thing that distracts us is discouragement. Discouragement. We get discouraged because we've missed it. We make mistakes. Or because people do stuff to us. We get discouraged by life. We get discouraged by the progress that we thought we were supposed to make by now. I'm this age, I should be doing this by now. I should be here by now. I should have kids by now, I should be married. I should be in my career, I should be doing this. I <sighs> but I'm not. And we live in that discouragement and it's robbing us of the God dream in our heart. You know, this last year I walked through something that re really kind of made me discouraged, to be honest. And it was months back, but I just got discouraged. And I was feeling stressed out, just feeling low and sad. You know, my wife's trying to cheer me up. And, and I, I, had to just get I had to get back in alignment. I had to come back to that calling on the name of the Lord and just talking to God. You know, it's interesting what God spoke to me. He reminded me of the story of Michael Jordan. I said, God, this isn't a Bible story. Why you, why, why? But you know, Jesus used parables to help pull people back on the road that they were supposed to be on. So he said, oh, Paul, remember when Michael Jordan retired from basketball in 1993? How many of y'all remember that? Michael Jordan retired. And everyone was kind of like, what's he doing? He's in his prime. He's still got several years left. What's he doing? And that same time that he retired was when his father was murdered. And Michael went through one of the most depressing, discouraging spirals of despair. And all he could think about was that his dad wanted him to be a baseball player, but that he had played basketball his whole life. Sometimes when you lose your why, you lose your way. When you forget why you're here, why you do what you do, why you love it, you lose your way. And Michael kept thinking about his dad's words, maybe I'm supposed to play baseball. So he went and played baseball. How many of y'all remember when Michael Jordan played baseball? There was, there was articles on ESPN, on, on uh, Sports Illustrated magazine that said, you're embarrassing the game, Michael. Please stop. <laughs> multiple, multiple. How many of y'all remember some of those articles in Sports Illustrated, some of the news stuff? People were just like, oh, Michael, no, 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 no. This isn't your calling. This isn't God's dream for your life. Come back, please. Quick, let's come up with a movie called Space Jam and try to get them back. <laughs> so God's speaking to me during my depressing, discouraging week this year, and he's reminding me of Space Jam. I'm like, God, you are so funny. Isn't God awesome that he uses anything and everything to speak to you? And God was like, Paul, remember on Space Jam when the Monstars were beaten up? I'm like, God, you're funny. <laughs> Monstars. We're beating up on Bugs Bunny and his friends, and they pull in Michael Jordan, and they have the whole story about how Michael had left baseball. There was a moment where Michael finally realized, he, he stopped playing baseball, and he realized what he was born to do. Some of you have lost your way. You've been discouraged by negative circumstances that have happened in your life, and so you've gone a different route. You've gone a different way. You've forgotten about the dream in your heart. You've forgotten about the unique gifts and callings and what makes you come alive. What makes your heart sing? What makes you cry? What frustrates you? That's what God wants you to be a part of. And Michael comes back and he finally decides to play basketball. Did you know when Michael came back to the Bulls, he won three straight championships, 96, 97, 98. Those two years that he was off when he had lost his way, lost his why, it was like God was calling him back to the thing he knew he was born to do. 
And so in the movie Space Jam, Michael Jordan comes in with all the characters and says, guys, we got this. We can beat the Monstars. Bugs Bunny comes in with the secret stuff. Everybody drink some of this. You'll be just like Jordan. They drink it and they believe we could do it. We could win. You know what God spoke to me in Matthew 9, 29? According to your faith, let it be unto you. The message version says, become what you believe. What do you believe about your life? Those who know God shall be strong and do great exploits. As soon as they drank the stuff, they stepped into a greater, greater potential, greater purpose. They went out and won. Michael told them after the game, there was nothing in that stuff. It was just water and sugar. But you believe that you could. Some of you have lost your why. You've lost your faith. You've lost your belief. You've lost that dream in your heart. You're distracted by discouragement. David said in the Bible, Psalm 27, 13, I would have lost heart had I not believed in God's goodness, that he had a plan for my future, that he had a plan for my future, that he had a dream in my future, that he wasn't finished with me yet, that my best days were still in front of me. I would have given up. I would have thrown in the towel. I would have lost heart had I not believed in the God dream inside of me. If it's a God dream, let me give you a few last things. How do you know if it's a God dream? How do you know if the dream in your heart is from you or from God? If it's a God dream, it will have God's peace. If it's a God dream, it will honor God's word. If it's a God dream, it will bring God glory. If it's a God dream, it won't be easy. Well, hold up. Oh, you got us really excited on those first three ones. It's not gonna be easy. It's not gonna be easy. There's a lot of days where people who are living the God dream in their heart walk through some very difficult, discouraging times. If you're gonna do anything worth doing in this life, you're gonna have to be ready for the difficult times. You're gonna have to be ready to face those hard times, the hard work that it takes. And being that, that man, that woman of God that he's called you to be, you're gonna have to at times feel like you are being crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. God, I feel like I'm dying right now in this relationship. I feel like I'm being crucified. Oh my goodness. And Jesus says, welcome to the party. Those who join in the sufferings of Christ also join in the rewards of Christ. Those who stick to the dream in their heart to be the kind of husband that forgives, the kind of wife that forgives, the kind of mom that sticks with that calling to raise those kids even when she feels like they're driving her nuts. Okay, just me and my wife. I guess all you guys have perfect kids. Stick with it. It's a God dream. It won't be easy. We live in a microwave generation. We want it now. God, give me my dream now. But God's dream for your life is not a destination. It is an exploration. It is a journey. It is a continual process of becoming more like him. Remember what I said earlier? God cares more about who you're becoming than how fast you can get done with those things that are in your heart to get done. What good is it if you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul in the process? It won't be easy, but stick with it. If it's a God dream, then it will need God's help. If it's a God dream, then it will have God's provision.
If it's a God dream, it will need a God team. Come on, somebody. I'm setting us up for next week, part two of This is a God Dream. I want you to stand to your feet all over this place. Man, I am pumped for part two of next week. You need to get here early for This is a God Dream, part two. Bring a friend, bring the whole city with you if you want to. Let's get some people stirred up for the God dream in their heart. Let's stir up our church for the dreams and the assignments that God has for our lives. I was speaking with an older gentleman recently who said, Paul, I'm discouraged. I feel like I've lost my way. I've lost my why. He said, I, I'm going to church. I'm doing my best to, to give, to serve. And he works in the oil business. He said, things have been really slow lately and difficult. And he said, uh, my wife left me. We had been married almost 40 years. She said she was bored with me. He said, it broke my heart. It's ripped apart our family. He said, I haven't gotten to talk to my daughter. She won't even let me come see her kids. My son won't speak to me. And he said, I just feel like giving up. I just feel like throwing in the towel. He's 64 years old. And he's crying. And I said, sir... What makes your heart sing? What frustrates you? What makes you come alive? He said, I think I like to fish. <laughs> he said, I like being with people. When my wife and I were together, we used to host groups from the church to come over to our house and we'd build community. We intentionally would reach out to new people who were coming to our church and bring them over to our house. And we would have you know, watch a football game, get some wings and some Coca-Cola. And he would talk about what they would do. And he said, those were some of my favorite times. He said, I haven't done that in years. And he said, to be honest, what frustrates me is I don't know any of the people on my row at my church. I, what frustrates me is I don't know any of these people that are coming through our doors. And I said, what frustrates you is what God wants to use you to be a part of to make a difference in your church. He said, well, my previous pastor, he was there for a long time and he left and now his son's pastor in the church. And he said, I love his son, but I just don't know what my purpose is. I said, what did you do with your previous pastor? I just got involved. I said, get involved in this time, in this generation, in this season, you are needed. Some of us are waiting for someone to come and hand us a box with a red ribbon tied around it that said, here's your God dream. Everything's lined up for you. It's gonna be perfect, easy. You'll never have to step out of your comfort zone. You're always gonna be celebrated. The pastor will give you shout outs every week from the stage and you're gonna be so celebrated. Because remember, if you're not celebrated, you shouldn't stick around. Quit drinking that Kool-Aid. That's ridiculous, selfish Kool-Aid. We are, we are in a society right now that says, if you're not celebrated, it's not worth it. You know how many people serve in this church that don't get thank yous, don't get celebration, but they recognize their reward is not on this earth. Their reward is in heaven. And you know what makes them come alive? is not me saying their name from stage, but seeing you smile when they shake your hand, getting to pray for you at this altar. Some of us are just waiting for people to just be all stoked and excited about us that we're here. But guys, it is not about us. Everybody say, it's not about me. Well, you sound really good. Say it again. It's not about me. It's about him and it's about them. The dream in your heart is not about you. 
It's about bringing God glory and making an eternal impact on people around you. There are people that God's called you to influence at the place that you work, the people in your neighborhood. Your dream is so important, so valuable. Just for a moment, turn the spotlight off me, turn these lights off and cameras, can you just show the people themselves for a second? Just get me out of here, all right. Now turn these lights off if you can. We, we don't get to practice this all the time, but can we bring the lights up in the house? You guys, the spotlight is on you because God has called you to bring him glory. Don't idolize the stage. Don't idolize certain positions in the church as if those are the big dreams. God has given you a big dream. God has you at that place, at that school, at that company, in that family, as a stay-at-home mom, as a single parent dad. Whatever you're doing, God says, yes, I love you, I'm for you. I believe in you, you're valuable, you're important. Your dream matters, your dream matters. Just as much as the missionary in Cambodia, your dream matters. The spotlight's on you guys. This is how the church builds the kingdom of God. Not when we're all looking at someone on the stage. It's you. God has you here for such a time as this. You. This is a God dream. This is a God dream. Just say it over yourself. This is a God dream. Say, this is a God dream. No matter how difficult it is, no matter how unthanked you are at times, no matter how uncelebrated you are, God has you here for such a time as this. And he's raised you up to bring glory to him and to make an impact on them. Lord, I just pray for every person in this room Help them to get it. Help them to get it. Help them to see themselves, God, in light of the God dream you have on their life. That it's bigger than them. It's bigger than them feeling celebrated every day. It's bigger than them feeling like it's convenient every day. It's bigger than them feeling like they're in their comfort zone every day. Lord, that you are calling them from fear to faith, from comfort to courage, from discouraged to encouraged, from comparison to calling, to recognize that their calling is so important, so valuable to see their unique gifts and talents and skills and passions and desires and frustrations and to say, Lord, put me in. I'm coming out of the dugout. Put me in the field. I'll be shortstop. I'll be center field. I'll be first base. I'll be the catcher. No matter what I am, I am going to get involved and engaged and live the God dream in my heart. By the way, I talked to that older man after we got done talking, I got to have a follow-up conversation. He said, I'm starting a connect group this fall at my church in New Orleans. Louisiana. I don't know where you're at, but I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're here today and you feel discouraged and you're saying, Pastor, pray for me. I know that there's a dream in my heart. I know God has a dream for me, but I've let discouragement distract me. If that's you, just lift your hand all over the room today. Yeah, distracted by discouragement, but not anymore. In Jesus' name, there's about to be a breakthrough. You're about to come out of that discouragement muck that you've been in, that spiral of despair. You're about to have a comeback like Jordan, three championships in your future. 
Your best days are not behind you. They're still in front of you. God's not finished with you yet. Some of you here today, you say, Paul, honestly, I'm, I've been distracted by comparison. I've been measuring how big my dream is compared to other people. That's you today. Just be honest. Just be real with God. Just lift your hand today. I'm, I'm coming out of comparison. I'm getting free of comparison. I'm going to stop comparing my season, my dream, my, my calling with other people's. Yeah. Lastly, I think some of us need to overcome fear. You know what the dream is. You know what God's put in your heart, but you've been afraid of rejection. You've been afraid of what people might think. You've been afraid that if you fail, it's, it's gonna be the end. You're afraid of it. And today it's time to step into the ocean of risk and stop living in the prison of fear. If that's you, just lift your hand. You're saying, yeah, I'm choosing the day. Lord, give me faith over fear, courage over comfort. If you raised your hands for any of those, or if you're here today and you say, man, I just need to get right with Jesus. I need to surrender to him as my Lord and Savior. Would you step out from your seat? Come and join me at this altar. If you raised your hand or should have raised your hand or just here today and say, I, I want to get right with God. I want faith. I want courage. I want peace. I want the God dream for my life. I don't know what it is, but I'm ready to get it. I want to lean in this year. I want to seek God like never before. I want to know his will, his way, his heart, his dream for my life. I want to stop comparing myself with everyone around me. I want to stop being afraid to do what God's called me to do. I'm coming out of discouragement. Come on, let's worship God. Sam, lead us in that song all over this room. Put your faith back in God. 
Know God, be strong, do exploits. Know God, be strong, do exploits. When you know who God is, you know his dream for your heart is good. His dream for your life has not, has not been broken. It's not been wasted. God's about to use all the pain you've walked through, all the trials you've walked through, all the tests you've walked through to launch you forward into your destiny. He's going to use the pain you walk through as your testimony. In Jesus' name, he called you here for such a time as this. I got to tell you all testimony because I think it'll encourage you. Two years ago, God stirred in my heart a dream that we would start a special needs ministry in our church and that we were going to help families with children with special needs on, on service times and we didn't have something like that. At the same time, God dropped a dream in my heart that we would expand and go back on TV as a church and broadcast these messages around the world. I said, God, how's that going to happen? How's that going to happen? Remember, if it's a God dream, it'll need God's help but it will have God's provision and it'll have God's peace. It may not be easy, it won't be easy. But God asked this question, can you see it, Paul? Can you see it? If you can see it in here and you can speak it out here, it can happen. So this last year, we opened up the Champions Club, the special needs ministry. And it was awesome. But you know, last week during the Victory Conference, I had multiple families come up to me. Some that told our staff members with tears, this is the first time I've ever been able to come to the whole Victory Conference because you guys have Champions Club that takes care of my child during the night service, the morning service. Thank you, Victory, for following the God dream in your heart. You never know who's on the other side of your dream. Lord, I just pray right now for an increase of dreams in this church. I pray, God, for those who are gifted in so many unique ways, gifted in creativity, gifted, God, with technology, gifted, God, with making apps, and gifted, God, working in the oil industry, gifted, God, with engineering, gifted, God, with children and youth, and gifted, Lord, in, in writing books and children's books, and gifted, God, in coming up with new inventions, new ideas to the things that we do to make them faster and more efficient, gifted in music, and gifted in media, and gifted, God, in acting, and gifted, God, in teaching and coaching, gifted, God, in being an entrepreneur, gifted God with cars and gifted God with community. Lord, that every person in this church would take personal responsibility to own the dream that you put in their heart, to get involved in your house, God, to bring that dream into the kingdom of God, to advance your love, to advance your hope, to advance your peace in the earth. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray, God, for sons and daughters to rise up and say, not on my watch, America. I'm changing this generation. I'm changing this nation. I'm going to stand up against injustice. I'm going to bring peace where there is no peace. I'm going to say, let there be light. I'm going to stop cursing the darkness. And I'm going to light a lamp, God, in that darkness. You're here for such a time as this. Just say this with me. Jesus, I surrender to you. I'm all yours. Thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. I repent of my sins and I receive your forgiveness. 
I receive your salvation. God, I'm going to live your dream for my life. I receive it by faith. And I refuse to be distracted by comparison, by fear, by discouragement, by getting offended. I'm going to stay focused on the dream you've given me to bring you glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love you, Victory. Thank you for listening to Victory with Paul Doherty. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services. Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Remember, your best days are right in front of you.